I think that's one of the greatest journeys of our lives is to really learn how to kind of quiet that voice of I'm not good enough or I can't do this. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast this week is Melina Cheris. She's an alignment coach, creative entrepreneur, and writer. And Melina and I first connected last year when she reached out to me on Instagram. She slid into my DMs. And so we met up for coffee and realized right away just how much we have in common and how similar our journeys and our experiences had been. And at the time, she had just launched her blog, Well Wild World, and today it's called something totally different. And so it's been so fun to watch Melina grow and evolve over the last year and really watch her step into becoming who she knows she is. And so Melina has been in the midst of this incredible transition. And in this week's new episode, we chat about Melina's journey quitting her nine to five in higher education to becoming an alignment coach and creative entrepreneur. We talk about learning to quiet the inner critic and pushing past that voice that says you're not enough and how really launching her blog in 2018 opened Melina up to writing again, the connections, creativity, and joy it brought her and being creative for the sake of being creative. Melina opens up about her journey with anxiety, mental health, and wellness, the role that self-awareness has played in all of it, and the tools and practices that she's relied on throughout life's transitions. Plus, Melina shares with us her go-to mantra, the impact that embracing her human design as a projector has had on her life and her business, her biggest dream, and so much more. It is always so much fun for me to share with you guys the people that I have connected with since starting this podcasting journey and sharing with you the people who have become friends in my life is even more special. And so I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this one. Make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or really wherever it is that you are tuning into the show right now. And I would be so grateful if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help independent shows like this one get seen and heard by new people. And I am honestly so grateful for every single piece of feedback and just the joy that this show has brought you. So when you leave us that rating and review, make sure to take a screenshot of your review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I'll send you some goodies to say thank you. And it's a really great way for us to connect outside of the show too. All right, guys, I am so excited to jump into this one. I loved having this conversation with Melina for Seek the Joy, and I'm just so grateful for everything that she shared. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Melina Cheris. So I'm Melina Cheris. Um, I am a coach. I'm calling myself now an alignment coach. Yes. I just adopted that, which I love. I actually was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, are you an alignment coach? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because that's really my whole thing is um, I want to help women kind of two different ways, but they're very related. So the first way is for women who really aren't sure 
what their big dreams and goals are. They might feel like they've hit a lot of traditional markers of success, but they're still unfulfilled. They might feel unhappy in their current job, but they really don't know where they want to go next. Mm -hmm. They might feel stuck. Um, I help those women to kind of figure out like, what are your big dreams and goals and what, who are you really? Because I think it all starts with that. So for everybody I work with, it's really, who are you? Who is your most authentic self? And then how can we kind of get your life so that you are living your most aligned and um, Mm -hmm. empowered life? But then I also help women who they know, they're like, I know I've been wanting to do this big thing. I've been wanting to start a podcast. I've been wanting to become a yoga teacher or start a blog, but they just aren't doing it. (laughs) There's just like a lot of fear, a lot of self-doubt comparison, or they just have struggled with anxiety. I help a lot of women that struggle with anxiety and have struggled with depression. I have struggled with anxiety myself and depression as well. Um, and that can really, I mean, that can just totally derail you and especially the fear just can keep you really stuck. I love that we started by talking about alignment because I think that's such a huge word. And I think that for so many people, it's either intimidating or it feels too woo woo. Mm -hmm. And I think the truth of what alignment really is, it's about knowing who you are and then being able to step forward confidently and fully knowing who you are very strongly and living in that sort of sense of purpose and understanding and groundedness and rootedness. And I love what you shared that you help women who either may not know who that that woman is yet, or Uh they haven't been willing or ready or able or able to step into that courage to really take that leap. And you had to really go through this journey yourself (laughs) of getting to know who is Melina? Who is she? I'd love for you to share a little bit about what that journey has been like, because we have to get to know ourselves first, I think, obviously, right? Before Mm -hmm. we can help anyone else do the same. Absolutely. And because I've been able to do this, that's why I'm so passionate about helping women do it because it's just night and day difference. I know you've had your journey with this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And what can happen to us when we're not in alignment and when we don't know who we are is we get sick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We have a lot of physical issues. We have, we struggle with really bad anxiety. So for me, it was anxiety. Um, I have always been you know, more of a worrier and very type A and very mm-hmm. perfectionist. Um, and that carried me really well through school, but there was always something underneath that. It was just a drive for perfectionism and it was a need for so much validation from authority figures and teachers and even classmates that I was smart and that I knew what I was doing. And I was like constantly hustling to prove that I was good enough mm-hmm. all the time. And so I was on the outside, I looked really successful. And especially we all know school really rewards that behavior because That's you're, so you know, you're getting A's and you're doing well and everyone thinks you're fine. But then on the inside, I was really struggling. So I actually, I don't think I've shared this anywhere before, but my first panic attack I ever had was in my senior year of high school. Mm. And it was a terrifying experience. I did not even realize until literally recently that it was a panic attack. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, it was like my senior year and I was, 
I was also constantly like filling my schedule to keep busy. I know no one Mm -hmm. can relate to that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like you're keeping yourself busy to almost avoid, right? Like what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not stopping. You're never stopping. I was literally in like five extracurricular activities. I was in five AP classes. I was directing plays. I was, I mean, and it was all like really fun, but it was way too much for like anybody to be doing. And I was really stressed out. And so it, it led, there was one night in senior year, which was a breaking point for me where I literally just had a complete mental breakdown. I was like crying, screaming hysterically. I don't think my parents knew what was going on. And I literally like got in my car and I really thought about like, I need to crash this car. Like I was wow. in full on yeah, panic mode. And still nobody really like told me, maybe you need some help or like, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. you have like something going on. Like, no, because I was a very successful child. You know, I was a good student. I was like a good child. I was a good daughter. Like yeah. I, I played by the rules. So I don't think anybody really thought anything of it. And I, I don't think anybody really knew what was going on in my own mind. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I really knew. So, and then college, I remember like, I vowed to not be so stressed out. I remember going (laughs) into college, like, I'm not going to just do schoolwork and and make myself so busy. And so I did a better job of that. And I had a lot of fun. But then in my junior year of college, I had an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. um, And I had always wanted to be a writer and an author. And that's like all I had wanted to do my whole life. I love writing, which is why I started my blog a year ago. And and it's been so much fun to get back in touch with that. But um, writing was always my number one thing. And so I was like, I'm going to be an author. And then in my junior year of college, I was in some creative writing classes. And again, now years later, I can, I figured out what this was. I was kind of receiving some criticism in my classes, constructive, you know, from any kind of creative writing workshop you're in, I was putting out my work and you were, you literally go around in the class and you give constructive feedback. Um, and I could not handle it. Mm. (laughs) Like I thought every piece of feedback meant my work was terrible. I thought I was so bad at writing. I was reading all my peers, um, pieces of writing. And I was just like, I suck. I got so sucked into comparison mode and like this criticism means I'm bad that I literally just was like, okay, I'm not going to be a writer. Like literally like that. So you stopped (laughs) yourself. Like it was too much, like that level of like sharing your work and that vulnerability. It was a lot to handle. It sounds like, and you just stopped yourself from, from doing it any longer. Yeah. And it's funny because I've been asked like, well, you know, were your parents supportive of this? And, you know, cause a lot of times that come, that inner critic voice comes mm-hmm. from your parents and saying, you know, this isn't a sensible career. Literally. No, they were so supportive. Of yeah. This. And I remember that you and I have talked about this before because uh, spoiler alert, Melina and I are friends, but <laughs> we've talked about this before this inner critic and maybe where it mm-hmm. came from. And you and yeah. I both share this in common that both of our parents have always just been so supportive and welcoming of whatever path that we wanted to walk down. But we have both respectively in our own ways cut ourselves off at some point in our lives from doing the thing that we love the most or doing what we would, you know, are passionate about or fulfillment and instead went towards a career or a life that maybe was more accepted or more safe or felt reasonable. So you and I share that. (laughs) We do. do. And I, yeah, I love that we bonded over that first because I feel like that's so many people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
so many people that happens to whether it's your parents or whether it's society or whether it's your own voice or a combination of all three like but I just find that funny that even even if you have a very supportive community very supportive parents family you that voice still exists like literally it's evolutionarily planted in there to stop us from to for our survival but now it's just stopping us and it's, it doesn't care if we're fulfilled, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. care if we are going after our dreams. It just wants to keep us safe. So for now, we have to learn. Like, I think that's one of the greatest journeys of our lives is to really learn how to kind of quiet that voice of I'm not good enough or I can't do this because you are always going to have that no matter if you had a wonderful upbringing or a not so wonderful upbringing. And people yeah. have that voice at, at very different levels, obviously, and it just, that's like the most sad thing to me ever is if, if I had kept going and I had kept letting that voice rule my life. And yeah. ultimately I had to choose to live a different life because having that voice of I'm not enough and let's just go do this sensible career path, which for me ended up being education um, as a career path because I was, I was very passionate about it and I still am. I love like, what I love about education is that you can really facilitate such a transformation in people, whether, you know, that's your students. I was a high school teacher for a while and then I worked in higher education at colleges and really just seeing the transformation that students go through because my other huge passion is personal growth. So what I'm doing now with coaching makes total sense. I just kind of had to figure out how, to get there. Yeah. What was this journey like pushing past that voice, that inner critic of that voice that says, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not creative enough. You're not enough to do what it is that you want to do. Yeah. Um, it has been a, such a journey and it's crazy to be kind of on the other side of that now, but yeah, it's, it was definitely challenging and I had to I had to start becoming more self-aware. So I think my first kind of indicator that I wasn't in the right kind of career path was just how bad my anxiety got again. So I mentioned that, um, you know, in high school, I had that panic attack and I was definitely struggling with a lot of internal anxiety and perfectionism in high school. And then in college, I was able to have like a really great time and kind of let some of that go. But then after I graduated college, and again, that voice had already kind of really started coming out loudly of like, go do this education career because that's safe and it's a nine to five. And like, that's another thing I want to bring up is that the inner critic can sound very logical. (laughs) So I think for a lot of us, it's like, oh yeah, that's logical. Because what was happening was with the writing, it was like, this is too vulnerable. This is way too scary. You know, we need to stop doing this Um, because the writing putting out your writing and putting out anything like this podcast, anything, it's so close to your heart. Like it's Mm -hmm. such a, it comes from a deep core of you. And that's, that can be very difficult when held up to criticism and something that we all as creators have to work on. And so you do have to check in with yourself with that inner critic voice of, is this really like logical or is it my inner critic just kind of like being sneaky, you know, yeah, and holding you back by, by showing you what makes most sense, quote unquote, right. And exactly. by showing you like what you expected for yourself. I found that, you know, it's the stuff that makes you the most uncomfortable. It's where it puts you in a position to be rejected. It's mm-hmm. what puts you in a position to be more vulnerable that that's often 
I would say probably like nine, 9.5 out of 10 times. <laughs> like that's actually the path that you're supposed to walk down because it pushes you to shed those layers of who you thought you were and to really embrace and accept and walk into not only the new, but also like who, who you're supposed to be. You won't get yes. the opportunity to even know that if you don't put yourself in those more, you know, vulnerable positions. That's a really good point. You're kind of like, yeah, you're totally dampening yourself so that you don't even know who you really are. That's mm-hmm. t- that's a great point. And that's exactly what happened to me. But then I think what can happen is if you're dampening yourself so much and you're losing those parts of yourself, like you mentioned earlier, those parts of our, those creative parts of ourselves. And it's often the creativity, right? <laughs> I, feel like- I think it's the creativity that suffers more than the logic, right? Because yeah. you, like you've shared, you follow the logic as opposed to, to the creativity. And not yeah. to say that they can't go hand in hand. They but, can, for sure. You know, it, working nine to five in, in education versus pursuing your dreams of being a writer and an author and a poet and a coach. I mean, the, the latter is not necessarily like what society says is the most logical. Yeah. And I also think you bring up a good point that you can definitely I, I, like do both. Like mm-hmm. you do not, this has taken me a long time and like lots of thought and lots of, um, like decisions and planning to finally be able to leave my full-time job. And that's not for everybody. Like right. that's, it totally depends. A lot of people love just having a hobby. Like, I think that's another thing is you don't necessarily need to monetize your passion or your, you don't need to monetize your creativity because for a lot of people that puts a lot of pressure, that puts a lot of, you know, stress and you can just, you can totally work a nine to five and do something on the side that, that fulfills you in that way. Like yeah. it really depends. Yeah. I think it's about being creative for the sake of being creative and the way that yes. it makes you feel and the way it expands you and how it brings you joy. I think, you know, we get so stuck, I think, especially today in society and our generation, maybe especially of like this pressure of if there's something you really love to do, then that should 100% be the way you support yourself and how you mm-hmm. bring in money. But the truth is, is like you can be multifaceted and love so yeah. many things and, and have creative passions and endeavors that you do in addition to the thing that makes you money. Because I think sometimes too, totally. when we flip it and we feel like we have to have the thing that we like, the, the creative thing that we love, when we feel like that has to make us money, then we put on this extra pressure and then there's more external pressure and validation. Mm -hmm. And then you're hustling even more for that, for, for whatever that end goal is. So I think it's more about, again, like being creative for the sake of being creative because you love it, because it helps you feel good and grounded and aligned as opposed to hustling for what maybe society says it's supposed to bring you. It's a very interesting Double-edged sword, I think, on like every level. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. And I think it it also really depends on every person. But of course, like I'm definitely not saying like throw logic completely aside. Totally. That you said that they are – you can have both and you should have both. Like you definitely don't need to just run off and like quit your job tomorrow. (laughs) Like – but I think when you start small, I think people also think of like, oh, after, you know, following my dreams or like living more in alignment, that sounds like a huge thing. And actually the smallest things are the hugest things in my like experience yeah. and opinion. Um, so for me, like that small step back towards my creativity was starting a blog mm-hmm. and just, I had no idea. Like, it's funny when I started my blog, I did not even know about the coaching field. Like I, <laughs> and I never like, yeah, I didn't even know what that was. I really hadn't really heard of it. 
Um, and so, but I started my blog and then I was writing again and that just felt so great. And I was obviously doing all of this completely on the side of my nine to five. And then was just loving the process of that. I got connected to awesome people. I also was like putting myself out there more, just like reaching out to random people like you. I reached out to. <laughs> yeah, that's like, how we connected. I love your podcast, yeah. And then you were, we were like, we're both in LA. Let's meet up. That was so cool. Like, yeah, I that love was that. something I never would have done before. Same. It was like, Same. but once I started like moving in one step towards alignment and that's that small kind of step of like, you know what, I'm just going to start a blog. I know everybody's doing it. I know there's a million blogs. I know I'm probably not saying anything new, but only I am saying it in this way. And also I was doing it for me. Like Mm -hmm. I really wasn't doing it to blow up and go viral. And I think that's another thing that you mentioned too, is like create for the sake of creating and you're going to be so much happier than if you're creating for others. Yeah. Take us to this moment where you launched the blog. Oh my gosh, yeah. We've talked about it, but I'd love for you to share what this was like because I don't want to spoil it. You share Yeah. (laughs) But take us to that moment. Take us to that moment where you were like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to launch this. Here we go. Yes. It was so scary and exciting, but it was just this idea that I had. And it came a couple days actually after this other idea that I had, which was, I don't have to stay in education anymore. <laughs> Newsflash, I don't have to stay in the thing I thought yeah, I needed to do. I can right. change. It was, oh my God. It was like, I don't, you yeah. know, like what? Those moments okay. are insane, especially yeah. when you're someone who has, like you shared, you know, had a path and had a structure and really thrived in that structure. Yeah. And then to have this realization like, wait, I can change my mind. I can do something yeah. else. Like it's, it's like yeah. opens up a lot of doors, but I anticipate there was a lot of fear and worry and anxiety yes. with that too. Absolutely. But I think you can kind of tell if you have a thought and then you just feel relieved, you yeah. know, like I just felt, I just had that thought and I was so unbelievably relieved and, and so unbelievably excited and it just felt really right. And it was super scary. And I had gotten my master's degree in higher Mm -hmm. education. I had just spent two, I had literally just graduated four months before this. Wow. And I was so, yeah, like four months before I had, I had spent two years in school, which I really did enjoy. Um, I I spent two years in school. I then was in my first full-time job in this field and I was definitely like enjoying it. And I was still thinking like, this is going to be my career, but there were some kind of doubts I was having and some issues with the field that I was already kind of having. But then when I had this thought, it was, yeah, like a wave of relief and excitement. And I Mm -hmm. felt like, I honestly felt like my whole life kind of opened up. And for the first time, it was like having a plan, not having a plan is an exciting thing rather Mm -hmm. than a terrifying Mm -hmm. thing. You know, your perspective changed and you things opened up. I love what Mm -hmm. you said that things really opened up for you in a way that was different, that felt exciting, that you didn't feel closed off anymore. No, I felt a complete opposite. I felt very expansive. And I think I'd been trying to stuff myself into this. I have to work in education because that's like, you know, a field where I'm helping people and I can do the most good. And also that's where I've had every other single job. So like, how am I even going to transition into a new field at this point? Like all of my jobs have been in education. You know what I mean? I think we just like, we just really, especially I talked to a lot of person, I was people, I was just talking to a woman yesterday about, she's like, well, but you know, I went to school for this and this is what I thought I wanted to do. And it's, it's tough. It's really tough admitting you went to school for this, you invested money in this, Mm -hmm. you've invested a lot of time in this and you don't, really know if that's what you want to do anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
that's really scary. That's but. really scary. And I've shared this before on the show and I know I've shared this with you too, but I really think like even if you went to school for one specific thing and you ultimately change your mind, it doesn't mean that those experiences and the knowledge that you gained, you know, along the way doesn't count for anything. It, they're yeah. all tools in your toolbox. And I say this all the time, both in real yeah. life and on the show, like it's tools in your toolbox that you take with you. So the experiences, the knowledge, um, the understanding, the empathy, the way of thinking, writing, speaking, communicating, I mean, whatever it might be, you carry it with you. And so it's like this foundation. It's almost like the experiences we have, whatever we initially choose, if you are someone who then makes a switch and a transition. And ultimately, I think everyone makes some sort of transition in their life, right? You know, it all builds like the foundation for which you create the next thing, the next career path, Mm -hmm. the next life, the next layer, you know, of who you are. So it's not, none of it is wasted. I totally agree. And like you said, so many people go through different transitions. It's all about your perspective, right? It's all about your thoughts on it. You can either think about it like, oh, I wasted my time. I wasted this. No, everything was supposed to happen exactly the way it happened. And like you said, there's always something that you can take with you. And for me, I kind of, at first I was like, okay, I'm in higher education. How is this related to coaching at all? And then when I really looked back, like I mentioned earlier, what I realized is, again, the more I dug into, okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. This was my second like kind of career field and career change. I was in K through 12. Then I moved into higher education again, which was like, okay, this is logical. It's still like in the educational realm. Maybe I'll like this better. I still wasn't really connecting enough to who I was and making decisions out of that place enough. Because I think if we don't have a sense of who we are, and of course we're always learning that. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't say that I know exactly who I am and I'm like done. We're always learning that. But I think the more we can work either on our own or with a coach or with a therapist on who are we really and what are our values. And the more we can make decisions, big life decisions, like career relationships, like where we're going to live, like all of that that's happening in our twenties, especially we're making all these decisions. The more we can make those decisions rooted in a really strong sense of who are we really not who we supposed to be or who we think we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. or who we think we are. But who are we really when we drill down to it? I think the better results that you're going to have. And so when I look back on it, my, all my experiences also led me to realize I really want to work for myself. So yeah. working in an office is very difficult for me, especially with my anxiety. Not having a flexible work option or sometimes like work from home was difficult in my last job. But when I look at like why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I love doing the most, it's helping people transform. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing when I was teaching. I got to see the students transform over the whole year. And then when I was in higher ed, I was actually working in our like leadership office. Mm. So we were doing leadership trainings with students and that was really rewarding. I got to do, I got to actually teach there as well. So I taught a leadership class and seeing students transform and become better leaders. That was amazing. And now I'm helping women also transform. Mm. So it's all, it's definitely all related, even though it seems very unrelated, you can always find a connection to it, I think as well. All right, guys, taking a brief break from this week's new episode to talk to you about something I'm really excited about and I'm really loving, which is our Seek the Joy Guide to Podcasting and our Seek the Joy Guide to Pitching guests. I have been so overwhelmed and blown away by not only the response to both guides, but what you guys have already shared with me about the impact that they're having on your podcasting journey and my whole mission and focus with 
with both guides is to really help you get your message off the ground and into the ears of the people that really need to hear it the most. And so I am just so excited to finally launch and share both of these guides and to see them in action as you begin to develop and grow and launch a podcast of your dreams. So head on over to seekthejoypodcast.com slash seekthejoyguides to check them out or hit that link in the show notes. It'll take you right there. And I'm excited to see where you go with this podcasting journey. All right, guys, without further ado, let's head back to this week's new episode. Yeah, there's always a thread, like a common yeah. thread that kind of weaves through and you look back and you go, oh, that's why. Oh, this makes sense. Yeah, okay, I exactly. can use this. You've touched yeah. on a little bit about self-awareness and just the role yes. that it's played for you throughout this journey. And part of that self-awareness was understanding, you know, the role your anxiety has played and yeah. your mental health. And I'd love for you to share, you know, what tools or practices you've relied on, you know, throughout your journey, but also in yeah. these life's transitions that have helped yeah. you, you know, stay rooted and stay grounded and able to come back and keep pushing forward, you know, despite transitions and hardships yeah, and what it's all yeah. meant for you. I, oh, I've used a lot of tools and you cannot do this alone. I will no. say like, yes, you need to develop self-awareness there's a lot of ways you can do that on on your own. Like some very basic ways, I would say journaling, huge. I love journaling and and writing again, I love. So it's very like cathartic for me. I get down to a lot of like what the root of the issues are. So journaling has really helped me get in touch with who I am. But then what can really, really help you is A, surrounding yourself with other self-aware people. (laughs) We'll start there. That is such a good point. Yeah, because, and like in your relationship, if you're in a relationship or even your relationship with your friends, like I'm very lucky that you and all of my other friends are very mature and self-aware people. So when we have conflict, Hmm. we can really work through that. And, And my friends have pointed out to me like, hey, like lovingly, you know, you need those people that, can point out to you lovingly some blind spots you may not have because we can do all the self-development work, self-awareness work we want. You have to have other people helping you. You can also have a therapist. I went to therapy um, when all this was going on and that was so helpful to kind of look back at what had been going on in my childhood that I hadn't really addressed. Um, And then having my husband, Steve, he's incredible. So he and I work a lot of things out together. He's also extremely self-aware. And so he has brought to my attention a lot of things I never knew about myself as well. And then now I'm working with a coach and that has been so incredible. I mean, I know I am a coach, but I seriously Mm -hmm. love coaching and it has done so much for me. My coach also really like sits, we sit Every week we have our session and she really helps me figure out, especially in my business, but like in my life, what is in alignment with me. Mm-hmm. It is so helpful in developing your own awareness yeah. of what's in alignment. Yeah. I love what you shared just about the importance of having people around you that are also mindful and self-aware yes. and who are also yes. sort of walking this walk, I think is probably mm-hmm. the best way to put it. I found for me, and, and tell me if this resonates for you too, but I have found that it wasn't until I was really willing and able to be honest with myself and my roadblocks and my limitations and then had the courage, you know, to share those and to voice those that I really started to have people in my life who I could actually have those kinds of conversations with. I was reflecting on this the other day. So much of my life and 
I'm only 28, but I feel like mostly in high school and even throughout middle school or even parts of college, a lot of my friendships were superficial, meaning we talked about superficial service level stuff, the weather, politics, gossip, Uh, whatever it might be. But then there weren't a lot of conversations that went below the surface that were deeper, that were open and honest about mental health and anxiety and depression. We didn't have conversations about, you know, our hopes and our goals and our dreams. And and so I think for me, it really wasn't until I was able to have those conversations with myself and really be honest and, and, brave, I think, because it is a level of vulnerability that for most of my life I didn't explore. So it wasn't until I was able to do that with myself that then I started to have people in my life who I could do that with too. So if there's anyone that's listening, that's like, I don't have that. It'll come. It just takes, it takes some time. Yeah, it does. And it's really uncomfortable. Like it's not fun at all. No, (laughs) it's, it's uncomfortable work and you have to like, it's so worth it. I know everybody always says that, but when you kind of are willing to sit with the uncomfortable feelings of really, you know, getting real with yourself and who you are and taking in, you know, feedback from others about who you are and kind of how you can improve. It's, yeah, it's not always easy, but it's definitely worth it because that's the only way to live a really fulfilled life, I think. I agree. And you and I have alluded to this throughout this conversation that you are now a coach. You're an alignment coach. Mm -hmm. But you and I are talking, what, like a month since you quit your full-time job and you're you're now on your own. So can we talk a little bit about this transition and and what it's been like? Because I think the timing of our conversation is interesting. Just so soon after you've made this choice and this decision to leave your full-time job and to work for yourself and to pursue this career in coaching. So Mm -hmm. what has it been like to quit your full-time job, to now have your own schedule, to be your own boss, and to really put yourself out there again in this new yeah. and different way than, <laughs> you know, different than you've ever done before. Yeah. Very different than I've ever done before. Very vulnerable, of course. Like I was just sitting this morning and like, okay, this is uncomfortable. It's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be fine. I am being very vulnerable right now and putting myself out more than I ever have. But I think, again, I have a coach right now. And I think that is like, honestly, the number one thing that is helping me with this transition. I think I finally, I never used to ask for help. It just has taken me a while to realize in any big transition, you need help. Like Mm -hmm. you really need help if you can. Um, I know not everybody is in that position, but I truly believe that if you, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And there's also so many free resources out there, which I love. Um, but for me, I knew I was like, I know I'm going to need a coach and I'm going to need help through this transition because it's huge leaving a full-time job, stepping off the conventional path, working for myself. And it definitely requires putting myself out there a lot more than I ever have, which I think has also gotten easier because I'm more used to that now. I've had an mm. entire year of you practicing had some practice. That. Yeah. And the more you practice something, the easier it gets. You know, I also hear a lot of people like, well, I don't have the confidence yet. I'm going to wait till I have X, Y, Z. No. The only way to get confidence is to do it. You're yeah. not going to have confidence the first like few times you do it. You and have to like show yourself you can do it. And the only way to do it is to actually do it. Which is such a catch-22, right? I know. Because so many people are like, My biggest complaint confidence. about life is that yeah. you have to actually do the thing to know that uh, you can know, do it. It's so hard. It's so hard. But then it's always like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And I didn't die and I'm okay, you know? And yeah. I'll make it through. And so I have had a decent amount of practice uh, with that so far. But yes, I think um, my coach has been so, so incredibly helpful in 
in nav- helping navigate me through this transition because yeah, it's huge. It's there have been a lot of fears that have been coming up. Um, I, I do have, if anybody is interested, it's, it's a free resource that can help you. Um, and a meditation on calming your inner critic, um, which is on my website. If you go to melinacharis.com, it's literally like right there. You can enter your email and download it. It's 15 minute meditation. I literally recorded it like the day after I had such a bad week. It was actually my first week after I quit. I was so scared. I was in so much fear. I was just so panicked. Like I was like, what did I just do? (laughs) Like, Mm. this is so scary. And my inner critic was so, so, so loud. It was just so loud. And that whole week I was kind of like just in a panic. And then finally I journaled, um, I was like, I'm just going to journal. And I literally journaled out every thought that the inner critic was telling me. And there were like 30 negative thoughts. Oh (laughs) my gosh. So many. I was like, I'm going to keep going until I get them all out. It was like so many negative thoughts that I was having. But then at the end of that journaling experience, what tends to happen to me when I journal, which is amazing, is that I journal everything out and then I can kind of release it and let it go. And then I tap into what I like to call my inner knowing. And once I let go of the inner critic, I tap into this deeper part of myself that we all have that is completely loving, completely knowing, completely at peace. Um, And that voice then kind of speaks to me, Mm -hmm. like through the journaling, which is amazing. And that's, that's been really helpful. And what that voice then told me was, this is not you. This is just your inner critic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. And then when I had that realization that like, these thoughts are not true, they're not me. They're just coming up because I'm putting myself out there. I'm putting my, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And anytime you're doing that, you, that voice will come up. And that's another reason I really strongly suggest when you are going after your dreams, if you're feeling that voice coming up a lot, which is very normal, that's why working with somebody is so helpful, whether that's a coach or a therapist or what, whatever helps you, like a spiritual teacher, whoever you're going to work with, so helpful because that coach can remind you, this is not you. Yeah, like, that's a really I don't feel like point. we're ever beyond needing help. We really, yeah. especially when we're going after our dreams and playing so much bigger, like you said, than anything I've done before and, and really stepping off that path, I knew I needed some help. So yeah. what if, what have you loved the most so far you yes, know, in the last month yes. or so, I guess, of now being on your own and being your own boss and, and oh. working for yourself and, and finally, you know, in many ways, living in this alignment, what have you loved the most so far? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything. So after I kind of moved past that, um, in that first week, it has just been like so absolutely incredible. And again, that's not to say that like some challenges or like negative thoughts don't come up because they do, of course, like you're, anyone's going to have those. And especially when you are like going after your dreams, but it has been so incredible. Like I can't even describe, and that's another reason I'm so like excited to work with more and more clients because to go from where I was and really ignoring who I was and just living not the right life. And I wasn't in the right career. I was in a job that I was really, really unhappy in. And I know the toll that takes on you, you know, you, it takes away from your regular life when you're just not happy. It's so difficult. And my anxiety really spikes. So it's just been, I feel like I'm in such flow. Like I feel I get to schedule my days however I want. Hmm. Like I get to meet up with friends. I feel like I just, that feeling we were talking about, about being expansive, I feel expansive. Mm -hmm. Like I feel 
like I used to kind of rush from thing to thing, you know, 40 hours a week. And especially, you know, when you have a side hustle, <laughs> which I was, <laughs> which I had, it is, there's not a lot of time for like your wellness or no. seeing friends or there's not a lot of time for that. And that's very, very difficult for me. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, do you know human design at all? I don't think we've talked I about do. This. Yeah. Okay. So I'm your projector. So it also depends on me what. Me too, sister. Me too. Oh, yes. Yeah. So but I am not living in alignment with no, my you're design. Not and I probably life. never will. <laughs> I've just embraced it. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay because you can't always. That's another really no. good point. Like you can't always live exactly in a I work 60 life. hours a week. I never stop working. Yeah. I'm always working on the weekends. If anyone yep. doesn't know, projectors are supposed to work in spurts and yep. they're supposed to rest a lot. And yes. um, they're more like the – Jenna Zoe describes it as like the birds in the trees that are kind of like overlooking and helping mm. to guide society. I'm in the trenches. Like I'm not yeah. – so yeah. But I love that that realization like also helped you – kind of validate and solidify like yes oh this is not for me yeah and that's something I work with clients with as well as human design I'm getting more and more into it because yeah that has really helped me I'm a projector I'm not like supposed to work straight all this time like 10 hours a day it it really uh, leads you to burnout Mm -hmm. I do think of course there have been many times in my life when I have been working 60 plus hours a week um and of course like you can't always, you know, live your exact perfect life. That's not, that's not always feasible. You know, we also have life stuff that comes up. We have grief. We have, we have to take care of aging parents. Like there are things. So that's why also like there are so many practices that you can do. I know you have a lot of practices as well. Not that you necessarily have to do every day, Mm -hmm. but that can help you like stay in an alignment when you have things that come up and you have like things where you're not able to just work whenever you want because that is a huge luxury. Totally. I am so glad I'm able to do that. But yeah, the human design and embracing my nature as a projector um, has really helped me kind of also not pack too much in because that's the thing. Like also when you are doing something you love, you just want to keep doing it forever. I mean, you know, the nights where I don't sleep and I'm like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. yeah well, it's, it's still, I think better than like working 60 hours a week at a job you hate. Totally. Like it's definitely yes. so much better than that. Um, and I've been there too, where like, I just don't want to stop, but I think that's been really key in like the long term setting up my business and setting up my life is like, but it's tough also like unlearning a lot <laughs> of these things that we're taught about productivity, about pushing yourself. And I think it just depends on, on you and your energy. And that's why human design mm-hmm, is, is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been in complete bliss. Love it. Oh, <laughs> it's I love so it. amazing to live in alignment. Like I can't even, I just like stop every day and I'm so grateful. Even when it's uncomfortable, even when I'm vulnerable, like I'm just so grateful and I feel so lucky to mm-hmm. a have really figured out and had the tools to figure out who I am. And now like for the first time ever be living such an aligned life. It is incredible. I've been loving it so much. Hmm. I love what you just shared. And I think that's a really important message too of, you know, it takes some time, but once you figure it out and you unpack these layers and you, you recognize what works for you. And I think that's, what's really important is that phase or that step of recognizing what works for you. And you've, you really used, it's so fascinating. You've used this component of self-awareness and creativity and mindfulness and Mm -hmm. really stepping forward in all three of those things as a real like catalyst for your growth 
and your well-being and your healing. Yeah. Is there a mantra or an affirmation or, or something that you kind of hold on to, whether it embodies those three things or not, um, that's really helped you, you know, so far on, on this journey and, and as you continue to move forward? Yes. I think my mantra that I say every single day and that I really love is I am enough mm. and I am worthy. Um, those two things, I think when all of our insecurities, our fears, it all comes down generally to those two, mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're not worthy, you're not enough. So for me, it's really staying rooted and I am absolutely enough as I am with what I have. Um, and I am worthy. I'm worthy because it is funny how, even when you are living in a aligned life, then it comes up of like, well, do I deserve to be this happy? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy what our mind does. It's like, do I really deserve this? Um, am I worthy of this? And yeah. so, yeah, standing really rooted in, I am worthy of living my dreams. I am worthy of living an aligned and empowered life because everybody is. But I think we really forget that. Mm-hmm. And we really, we, we get scared and we hold ourselves back and we don't believe in that enough. So Mm -hmm. yes, I am enough. I am worthy Mm -hmm. or mantras I come back to all the time. Speaking of dreams, I love asking this question because our dreams can be anything. And I think recognizing our worth, knowing our worth, recognizing and owning and stepping forward in that worth and knowing we're worthy of our dreams. We're worthy Mm -hmm. of who we are. We're worthy of who we want to be. It's, it's really huge. And it plays a big role, I think, in our willingness to continue to grow and our willingness to step forward in that growth and really embrace it. I would love to know what is your biggest dream? Uh, My biggest dream is to write a book. Um, I, that's always something I, since I was a child have wanted to do. So I am going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm definitely going to, and it's going to look different, which, which is funny because I think when you're a kid, I love kind of helping bringing people back to what did they love to do as a child? I think that tells a lot. Yeah, Yeah. That's huge. And what your dreams are. And it may not look exactly like you thought, obviously, because when you're a child, you have like very limited like views of kind of what things can be. So when I was a child, I was always like, I'm going to write a novel and it's going to be a best-selling novel. (laughs) And I don't think I want to write a novel, although never say never, right? You never know. I do want to write a book for sure. And I would love to write a book that helps people. And I would absolutely love to be on the bestseller list. I have Mm -hmm. no shame in saying that. And I also, um, one of my big dreams is to really just use my voice to help others like in, in their transformation. So how that's kind of manifesting now is like, I would love to become a yoga teacher, which I'm also going to be on my way to, I'm starting a teacher training, uh, in October. So this month, oh my God. like a meditation teacher, yoga teacher, I'd love to lead retreats and I'd love to speak. Like I would love to speak on stages about this stuff and, um, really just kind of yeah, use my mm. journey and my experience in, in leading others. But yeah, those are my big dreams is to kind of do this on a bigger scale. There's something really powerful about yeah. declaring what you want and doing so um, unafraid and unashamed. Yep. We worry so much. I do this all the time. I worry if my dreams are too big. I oh, worry yeah. <laughs> if someone's going to judge me for telling them what my dream is. Yep. Um, like who the hell does she think she is? You know, again, it's like the inner yep. critic that manifests uh-huh. itself as like the outer critic, which is like also a real thing. So, you know, it's interesting. So I always love asking that question because there's really a lot of power in declaring your dreams and who you are and who you want to be and, and sharing it. And I have 
no doubt that all of this is going to happen. And <laughs> I'm excited to not only witness it, but be part of it in, you know, yes. whatever small way I can. And thank you for coming on the podcast and of for course. sharing. I mean, it's I'm so glad we did this now in the middle of this really amazing transition from kind of this really like expectation of what society told you you were supposed to be to being yep. like who Melina really knows she is and who she mm-hmm. wants to be. So I'm so grateful that we did this. Where can everyone find you? Learn more learn about your coaching program. I know you released it in September. Um, So tell us where we can find everything and and get connected. Yeah. So you can find everything on my website, which is melinacheris.com. And then same thing. I'm most active. I love Instagram. I respond to every message. I'm very active on there. So come find me on Instagram. My handle is at melinacheris. And then if you want to learn about my coaching programs, um, that's at melinacharis.com slash coaching. Perfect. I will include everything in the show notes. It'll be super easy uh, for everyone to find you and to get started with your new program. And I'm just, I'm so happy that you slid into my DMs. (laughs) Back in, back in, what was like 2018 and that uh, we got together and that we're friends and that we had the opportunity to have this conversation and just the parallels in our experiences and um, just who we are in the journey that we're on and our dreams and our goals and our mission. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much for for doing this. Yeah, I'm so glad to finally be on here. You're such an inspiration to me too.